therapists, non-therapists, and everyone in between. My name is Ian Hammonds, and I am not jonesing for a spank, a wink, and a smoke. And this is Therapy on Tap. It's a wild night, y'all. I'm here having a drink with fellow Austin, Texas therapist Patrick Harris and Hayden Lindsay. This is the most authentic way we know how to talk about therapy in a relaxed, non-judgmental environment. Pint by pint, champagne cork by champagne cork. We are obviously deprived of a pub given the current pandemic. This is not a promotion of drinking, but instead humanizing the field the best way that three humans can share a space. And in our case today, four humans. Speaking of which, hello, Taylor. Hello. Today, I am so excited to introduce our topic. Wait, on are the- we just going to uh, skip over the not not jonesing for a... A spank, a wank. I y'all put that on the outline because we all share a Google Doc. I don't know where that came from. I just it it's was in your handwriting. I don't was, understand. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was on the teleprompter, and I had to read it out loud. So, but anyway, this is therapy on tap. As y'all can tell, probably we're having a really good time so far, and we haven't even begun. Um, but I'm so excited to talk about the paranormal and paranormal psychology a.k.a. parapsychology. But first, I want to check in with everybody, including our amazing guest, Taylor Best. I did not mean to rhyme, but... <laughs> it's okay. Let's check in. How's everybody doing tonight? I'm glad I've, it's Friday. Yeah. Yes. I've been re-listening to old episodes uh, as we get our edits, and I've decided I think it's time for me to develop a catchphrase. So I'm going to be workshopping some catchphrases tonight. Uh, I hope y'all are on board. I like that. Uh, Cowabunga is on the list, so I'm going to sneak that in there at some point. I also thought that we could kick it up with one of these. So uh, so get ready. You're so heterosexual. <laughs> <laughs> is that really your check-in? <laughs> I've been waiting all week to do this. Okay, well... I'll let you have Every time one. my partner did something, she opened the fridge, <laughs> closed the door to the bathroom. It's I been a week. I feel it's like this is going to spike on the audio and probably get edited out. <laughs> Here's my catchphrase. I don't know if anybody will Anyway. Yeah. No, nobody? Okay, whatever. <laughs> that was from RuPaul's Drag Race, the shade of it all. Um, okay, well... Catchphrases, new ones. <laughs> that clip, Ian, was cowabunga. <laughs> <laughs> the shade, the shade I'm not, of I'm it not all. sure you're doing that. <laughs> That's all right. This podcast is going immensely. <laughs> Down the drain. Um, <laughs> office fans, no one? Okay. Hayden, how are you doing? I, I'm uh, sufficiently defrosted. Um, oh we, we haven't met since the... The snow apocalypse here in uh, here in Texas, um, and uh, yeah, it's been a been a interesting couple weeks. Um, obviously, the uh, the ice storm. I, I I don't know about y'all. I lost power, power and everything, and um, so I was doing my podcast by like a, a hand crank generator. I'm, I'm kidding. That, that, wasn't, that wasn't an option. We were just trying to stay warm and survive, and um, stayed with a friend. Uh, after we lost water, so uh, feeling pretty grateful for that. And uh, no pipes burst or anything. I know some people who had some damage to their homes and me, um, yeah. And so I feel 
pretty fortunate, even though it, it was a, a sucky week. And then last week, playing catch-up. Uh, and today, I think it was like 82 degrees, so mm-hmm. um, weather in Texas, y'all. <laughs> I'm excited for paddleboard weather. I just got a new Speedo, so I'm ready to bust that Oh, out. God. You're going to have to toss that on the gram, since we've talked <laughs> so much about Speedos on this podcast. Yeah, I think everyone thinks that, that we're kidding. I'm, I'm like <laughs> a huge speedo guy <laughs> to the detriment of my relationship <laughs> <laughs> and he keeps saying he's gonna come to this to to one of our recordings dressed in only a speedo and i have not seen it yet um okay you done i, I wanted to <laughs> <laughs> yes Ian, i think i'm, I'm fucking done I'm sorry all right <laughs> you, you, you do the that in, shade the shade of it all you do that in session <laughs> <laughs> you done complaining? So you're still crying, huh? You gonna wrap up anytime soon? I'm sorry. Hey, it's it's been a week, you know. It's been a interesting past two weeks. I mean, I, I forgot how to human, honestly. Um, yeah, this snowstorm just really fucked us up. I mean, it really did. Just, I will say. Um, I love you so much, Patrick, for opening your doors to us. Um, we're staying with a friend. Um, shout out to Sarah Bell Conley. Um, but we're staying with them. And then you offered up your place after a day of staying with them. And we're just like, we're going to give them a break. Um, so, yeah, thank you for your kindness and opening up your doors mm-hmm. for us. We had an amazing time here just chilling with the dogs. And it was great. But um, regaining and giving me a place to put my meat. What? Patrick was kind enough to buy some meat <laughs> oh, for me yeah. um, while the stores were, you know, uh, sold out. And he was out in Goliad. Goliad, Texas. Yeah. So I got some, some Goliad meat. meat and uh, uh, thankfully didn't, didn't need it. Uh, so I think it's in your freezer. The Goliad Beef Market is not a sponsor. Yet. yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I... Uh, uh, this is my reminder to myself to uh, take my meat on the way out. <laughs> Anyone else? Have this meat? podcast oh, is too easy. Diggity dope. Am I right, everyone? <laughs> the shade, the shade of it all. <laughs> Taylor, how are you? <laughs> I'm so glad you're with us. I'm doing all right. I'm kind of with you guys on um, just everything's been a little bit intense since the mm-hmm. snowstorm. I mean, sessions have been more intense. Um, I get like two reactions from, I mostly work with teenagers. And so they're either like, I'm fine. And like, here's the drama that's happened since then. Or like, no, we lost power for six days. So mm-hmm. it's like very, um, just one or the other, but yeah, just across the board. It's been, it's been a little crazy. I had a teen show up this week and, uh, you can't see under my hat, but I have a gorgeous Mohawk going on and, I want to see. But they love that. It's very, pretty gross right now. No, it's not. Oh my god, I love it. Anyway, so the the teen the last the week before they weren't talking about anything. We were just wasting time. And it's like I need you to come with an actual topic. Let's tackle something next time. So that's your homework. So they come in and they log on and they're very serious. And you're like, Patrick, I I have a topic and I don't really know how to bring it up, but I just wanted to say that my I want to talk about your hair. It's really bothering me. And it's making me sad. <laughs> Whoa. It's like, what are you talking that about? sounds about I'm the right. cool hip therapist. I have a mohawk. 
I sit in chairs backwards and say, let's rap about feelings. And then he was just like, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> so that was the highlight of my week. That's funny. You sit in chairs back. Okay. That's great. <laughs> Remember, like, a dare officer would come in and sit in a backwards chair and be like, hey, don't do drugs, guys. Just, talk about <laughs> just, just don't do Painful it. Painful memory of my childhood. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> Teens are fun, though. <laughs> I love working with teens sometimes. My mom was a dare officer. Did I tell you all that? Oh, what? My mom was a dare officer. No. Hmm. Used to tell kids not to do drugs. But then the program ended up like teaching kids about drugs and had the opposite effect. But And look at you now. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Therapy. Look at me now. <laughs> anyway. Okay, we're having such a good time recording already. This, um, in a word, is tubular. Right. No, <laughs> the, the catchphrase is one of them is going to stick. I, I'm I'm rooting for you, but uh, I, we'll I do my usual. What are you? What what's everyone? <laughs> Drink time with Hayden. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm also trying out new segments. Yeah, uh, well, this this is this is a fabulous <laughs> segment. You know what's really sad? What, what are you doing? I'm so sober right now. I'm just enjoying <laughs> life. <laughs> Miss Patrick, I see you've got a coconut water. Really, what keeping an eye on those potassium levels? Uh, I, I subjected myself to a run today, and I needed to catch up on electrolytes and <laughs> all the good stuff. But I'm drinking. You know what it's called? What, what's it called? The London one, Lingen, Linen Kugel. Linen Kugel is Summer my favorite Shandy. beer right now. Solid beer. It's very refreshing. Gemeinschaftsgefühl from Wisconsin. Oh, is it really? I, I tried so. to stay local. Working on a Shiner Light Blonde and a shot of whipped, whipped cream flavored vodka. It's delicious. It's yummy. Okay. Like I'm drinking water. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I um, I know. Um, I actually stopped at. So I'm I'm mobile today. So I'm driving. I drove all over Austin today. So that was fun during rush hour traffic. But right before I was here, I was at um, Austin's very own uh, Adam Maurer's house, and we're sitting in his living room, kicking. Um, and he made me two very very strong drinks, and I was like, I am driving home today, so I'm gonna. Take a break from the alcohol, but yeah. So I don't condone drunk driving. What about you, Taylor? What do you drink? Um, what about you? A, do you condone drunk driving? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm drinking something out of your refrigerator. That's Milk. quite good. <laughs> um, Shiner Strawberry Blonde, and then whatever concoction went in that. White Russian-esque. That is a shot of Everclear. Well, it was I'm good. just kidding. It's whipped cream vodka. <laughs> good anyway. Very same. Whatever it was. <laughs> this has been <laughs> Drinks with Hayden. <laughs> Cowabunga. <laughs> well, after all that, she needs no introduction. So let's welcome our amazing guest. Taylor Vest again, oh, did, again. Not, <laughs> did not mean to run. What the fuck? So um, you were my colleague and my spooky mm-hmm. sis, and just an all-around amazing person. I loved your energy the very first time 
we ever met vir- both virtually and in person. So that was just so amazing. Um, but you are LPC associate at my fellow uh, practice, Austin Family Counseling. Yeah. Um, so you were, I'm, I'm just naming off random facts about you that I already know. <laughs> so you're an Austin unicorn. You're native to the area. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just, you're one of my first friends actually ever to invite me to a paranormal investigation. Oh, so yeah. I thought you were going to say to a party. More friends than that. Um, but welcome, Taylor. How you doing you. today? I'm doing good. I was excited to come on. Me I listened too. to some of your podcast, and I'm like, I like you guys. Aww. So like you might you. say you're a first time, long time, first time guest, long time listener, right? No, uh huh. No one. Yeah, no, I got <laughs> it. I'm, I'm with you. Sure. No, she's a she's a, um, a therapy on tap baby boomer, Mimi. Mm. <laughs> yeah, she is. <laughs> Give it up for the babies. I will say, yes. like I've so being in this field specifically, you don't really talk about paranormal stuff no. too much because in this field, I mean, if you're like, if you say anything that looks like even relatively close to psychosis, they're like, all right, so yep. hospitals down the road. Like, <laughs> let me take you there. The under the water. Um, Whatever hospital, every hospital down the river, every yes. hospital in the area is I named said. after a body of water or some yes. rock formation. Yes, so yeah. it's uh, yeah. just ironic because the there's no nature in any. Well, that one had a cool little courtyard. Actually, right about? before you got here, um, we all, the three of you guys, actually realized that y'all had all worked at the same hospital that shall not be named. But what was the nickname that y'all came up with? Down the river. Down the river. <laughs> Down the River Hospital, uh-huh. um, and y'all <laughs> have some interesting stories about that. That the first hospital I worked at was a shit show, and I hope that place burns down. But that hospital, at least like the management when I was there, was solid. I felt pretty supported and happy. But it is tough working in a high acuity setting like a psych sure. hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely feel that all intern like that should just be a part of your practicum in your master's. Like you should spend a few weeks in a psych hospital. Absolutely, as as a clinician, yes. not a. I actually went to the hospital because I wanted to get like a variety experience and see just like everything. Cause at the time I didn't know like who I wanted to work with, what age group I liked. And then I just found my way there and I literally saw everything. Like you just, there's not, it's like the manifestation of the DSM. Mm. That's what I like to tell people. Like you'll see every, I mean, yeah, it's dope. Cause it's one thing to read about schizophrenia and like positive, yeah. um, symptoms but it's a whole nother thing to actually like see it and experience it as yes. a clinician because yep. you think you know what like uh a panic attack looks like you can read all about it but then you see it in person or you mm-hmm. you think you can see what like crisis looks like but it doesn't it's not always somebody flipping out it could be somebody like very quiet and rocking but it looks like me <laughs> i am crisis <laughs> yeah i do wish that they would probably do like more training for the interns that go in there because i think that was my biggest thing like i wish like I could go into the, you know, the unit of the unit of higher um, or lower functioning, yeah, and like have the skills to know how to like. When you see the crazy shit, this is the protocol for crazy shit. Like this is what we do, and I mean they prepped us, but like not really. Sometimes there's just no protocol. Like you just have to react. It's <laughs> instinctual at that yeah. point, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that hospital had. Um, that was where I really saw the differences between paranormal experiences and like psychosis and like where the overlap looks similar and then where it doesn't. And so that's kind of what 
um, I was like interested in the topic before I went into the hospital, but then like you were saying is like, then I saw like with my own eyeballs, like what it looks like. And so, um, yeah, that, that's what kind of set me on my journey for paranormal. Yeah. Shiz. I was going to ask really like just, I mean, more in, in a broader sense, I like to ask this to all the guests that come on our show. Like what actually made you choose therapy like in general? So, <laughs> well, so, I mean, I was one of those rare people who, um, like in high school, I started getting really interested in psychology. I was really? like, that's fucking, cr- that's fucking crazy that you're doing that. And like, whoa, whoa, whoa. why are you doing we that? We don't curse on this podcast. Um, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 but we do that. <laughs> <laughs> you can bleep it out. <laughs> what was I saying? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Help. <laughs> um, you uh, high went school. to high school yes. that Sorry. one time. I'm like touching you. No, you're, you're <laughs> Sorry. I'm a very touchy feeling um, person. So, so I got in high school and I honestly, I had like, I just had a lot of bullying experiences in high school and I got really curious about, I was like, that's really odd that you're treating other people like this. And I would love to know why. Like I started just getting naturally curious, but then, um, then I just kind of got on this journey of like, Oh, so like there's a lot of different things that could be going on and um just kind of open Pandora's box mm-hmm. on this journey. Wow. And I just I got really um so I just love the puzzle of it, yeah. honestly. You've known since high school. That's just yeah. so amazing. I have not met one person who's like Me. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't really I mean, most people are like change a couple of times. Yes. Yeah. Like that's pretty normal. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, yeah, it's therapy is that, that one profession that people just kind of accidentally fall into yes. after like several times of changing it. Right. Y'all <laughs> right. Patrick and Hayden. We, well, yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yes. Let's just say we, uh, feel about that topic, how you want both of us to feel about that topic. Okay. It was a meandering journey. Did <laughs> I just mansplain y'all? No, I, was, okay. I think I shared this on a past episode. I was a music major, and then I got burnt out, and oh, wow. I couldn't really decide what else I wanted to do. And I was like, you know what? Whatever the next person that's sitting next to me in class, like whatever they're studying, that's what I'm going to switch to. And it was another like tattooed piercing guy, and I was like, oh, this is going to be dope. It's going to be like doing? photography or journalism. And no, it was psychology, and I took that's a few cool. classes and, and fell in love. Synchronicity. I know. Mm-hmm. Speaking of synchronicity, I mean, oh no, you're good. I learned that word today. So. Synchronicity. Yeah. No, I mean, there's been a lot of synchronicity. Wow. No, it's like I see it three times. Anyway, um, no, there's been a lot of synchronicity uh, since we started recording. All of us just kind of realized we all had these like really random, weird connections that just really random. Like Um, on Lost. Huh? Like on Lost. Yeah, like on Lost. Or it's as if we're (laughs) doing a good job. It's as if we're doing a parapsychology (laughs) podcast or something. Anyway, um, but I, I chose this topic. I'm very passionate about it. I'm passionate about the fact that it needs to be further considered a science because there's mm-hmm. so more times than not people just consider it more of a pseudoscience. Um, and so before we kind of just dive into like what it is and what it isn't, um, what's everyone's overall just attitude towards parapsychology and the paranormal? I'll go last. <laughs> Which means, Hayden, you go first. (laughs) It's ghosts and shit, and I don't like it. (laughs) Give it up for ghosts and shit. (laughs) 
<laughs> also, the name of my band. <laughs> I, I, I uh, the, the, the whole area uh, kind of scares the crap out of me. So um, I, I'm, sure. I'm interested in uh, hearing. Um, well, y'all, uh, I, I may sit sit this one out a little bit. Okay. Um, so. It, it, if our listeners are big uh, Hayden fans, you may just want to hit next and, and skip <laughs> this episode. I don't know that I'll have a lot of input. Um, other I just want to say, though, skepticism is needed. Yes. I'm, I, I'm not necessarily skeptic. I'm just scares the crap out of Whatever you want to call it. Well, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Um, so other than the, the vague uh, Pokemon reference uh, to telekinesis and other stuff. Oh, yeah. um, I don't know that I'll have a lot of input. But. Feel free to chime in. Just if you if something makes you uncomfortable, just you know say why or just don't say anything at or all. I just fucking leave. <laughs> no, I was gonna say thank you for coming to a podcast that you just really scares the crap out of you. It says a lot about your bravery that you showed up today. Yeah, because um, it's a uh, wiggity whack. Do you just have a, a word? Do you just have a fucking list in front of you? Of, no, but that's a good I idea. Think Let so. me grab one. Oh, you Let don't. Me... <laughs> I'm trying to make mine work too. I think this is the episode where we start losing people. <laughs> that would be luckily it's episode gnarly. 13. <laughs> um, I am uh, heavily self-medicating at the moment, so I should be able to keep this within my window of tolerance. Okay, with a little help from the Spetzel Brewery. Is not a sponsor yet. yet. <laughs> Patrick, what about you're the you're the man of science in the group? Not that we, not that we aren't, but you are uh, pursuing a doctoral ship. Did I <laughs> did I use that correctly? A uh, yeah, I'm trying to get some more fancy letters behind my name, but I I am I'm excited to talk about the scientific aspect of this because. Ian's super pumped about that. But as a topic in general, I'm pretty excited about it because there's different approaches or ways that I relate to it. So growing up Mexican, like we have a lot of um, kind of like beliefs in place of the paranormal and acknowledging ghosts and spirits and their place in the world. And sometimes they're endearing and sometimes they're just to be cruel and scare the crap out of children. <laughs> like I grew up not knowing what a kukui was, but I knew if I got out of bed, it was going to eat my face. So that definitely was an incentive to not get out of bed at night. <clears throat> that sounds terrifying. <laughs> and sounds awesome. I'm sure I'll get to the story at some point in this episode, but like I have this weird thing with owls and there's this fucking owl that lives in the wooded area now outside my window. And we have um, La Llorona, which is uh, an old, folk story of i think mexican origin where it's like a an owl with a witch's face and it lures people outside and then just like kills them and uh this story is wild so i'll tell it later but <clears throat> there's also a, like another way to look at it so taylor brought up seeing it through the eyes of like a, a mental health lens so that would be interesting of coming through history of all these stories of like possession and um contact with spirits and stuff like that and looking at it through a mental health lens, like how much of that was psychosis or uh, back even predating mental health, it was religion. Like how much did religion account for these things? <clears throat> and then if you want to go into like the science, like physical part of it, I was down a Carl Sagan rabbit hole a few nights ago watching videos about uh, four dimensions. And there was a, a particular video where he explains a tesseract and how a tesseract can't 
<clears throat> exist in our three-dimensional world, but showed how to what what navigating a flat land as a three-dimensional being would look like. So if you were in a flat world with only two dimensions, there's forward, backwards, left, and right, a three-dimensional being would seem like it's just appearing out of nowhere, right? So as the three-dimensional world, if there is more than three dimensions, if a fourth-dimensional being entered our world, it would seem like a ghost popping out of nowhere. So there is a lot of like physical stuff that I think uh, could explain some more of the paranormal mm-hmm. that we might one day happen upon. So. That's that's what I'm super excited about this topic. Plus, you know the the ghosts and shit. So it's more it's a it's a cultural aspect of you. I mean, just being a Mexican American, you you grew up with those kind of supernatural. I um I don't want to say probably legends really like more more um yeah supernatural like folk tales or supernatural legends. I sound really white right now. Just probably. spiritual like spiritual yeah. beliefs that are. Based in more in the metaphysical than like the physical. Okay, cool. I guess that means I'm next. Um, I think that I, I'm, yeah, I'm really pumped to talk about this because sadly not many therapists, really not many doctors talk about it. It's really um, parapsychology. There's no PhD program in the States that's accredited to my knowledge. And I think right before... I think right before we started recording, we we're all kind of talking about the fact that the PhD programs that the three of us were actually looking into um, just seemed kind of seedy and shady and just not, <laughs> you know, not, yeah, not worthy of, of, you know, committing to and paying money for. And it's just, it's like, why, why is that? It's just, to me, it's just as much of a science as say like cognitive psychology, but people don't want to put money towards that. And we'll, we'll talk about that later on in the episode. But what about you, Taylor? What's your opinion on parapsychology? So it's changed over the years, I would say. I used to be more, um, I felt like there was more paranormal stuff that occurred in the world and spiritual stuff rather than um, like, I don't know how to say this. It's like I, I believed more in spiritual stuff rather than being able to debunk it and be like, maybe it's just the electrical lights. Like your wiring needs to be checked. I'm like, no, that's a ghost. So that was like 10 years ago. I felt like that. As I went into like the mental health field and psychology and all of that, it's definitely changed because I think the biggest thing is I realized the mind is so powerful. Mm-hmm. It's more powerful than any human made computer. Um, AI, anything. And so I just try to hold space for both. Um, being like, you know, just saving room for just what we don't know in science yet, but then also saving room for what we do know right now and what we do think, Mm -hmm. but also just, just holding space for all of that. And I feel like that's very hard to do at times because, you know, I don't know psychiatrists, for example, you know, a lot of people don't share their experiences out of fear that like, if I say that I'm hearing voices or like seeing things, you're going to send me to the psych, you know, the psych hospital. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and unfortunately they're not wrong. Like the wrong doctor is probably going to commit them, yeah. do something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I've, it's interesting having the mental health lens and then also having 
my own experience out in the paranormal field and doing like house investigations and just there has been so much that has occurred in in my firsthand experience to where I'm like <laughs> I know a lot of psychology stuff but I don't know what just happened like it's I can't yeah and when you have something that you can't explain you cannot say that is paranormal all you can really say is we cannot explain that right I just love seeing the overlap between mental health and psychology and um not mental health psychology, uh, paranormal stuff, and then seeing where it differs. Because I have seen um, there there is a lot of overlap, but then there's a lot of differences too. The only time that it was ever kind of discussed, and, and you're making me think about like my grad program and my bachelor's program and everything, and the only time the paranormal was ever discussed, it wasn't even like a lesson or anything, but... It was one of, I think it was our practicum teacher, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, it was the practicum instructor that was basically saying, you know, I had this client one time that was telling me that she could see her mom, she could hear her mom and talk to her mom. And she's like, I could not um, believe her experience. And mm-hmm. so I just, you know, I, I didn't confirm or deny it or I, I didn't validate it or invalidate it. I just let her talk about it. And I just, I remember thinking, like, they were probably, if they're a high-functioning adult that's paying you a hundred and something dollars a week to talk to you, like, they probably are, seeing, like, their reality is probably real. That's so. what's interesting about psychosis is sometimes you'll meet somebody that uh, with schizophrenia that is just, like, all there. Like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that there's anything going on, that they don't show any, like, positive or negative symptoms, but they'll have one persistent delusion or hallucination. Yeah. Um, and that's really the only symptom that they they have. I had a client that was was like that, high functioning, everything was fine, with the exception that they would regularly hear their grandmother's voice. And it was more so when they were in prison, and it was like positive, like the voice would tell them to like watch their back and be safe and do all this stuff and take care of yourself. And it was a positive addition to their experience. And I mean, who's to say that that's not a voice? I mean, that's one of those things. That's the difference. <clears throat> I think you know. I mentioned that we'll get into a debate about being a science is it's not a science because it, we can't test that through the scientific method, but we also can't disprove it with the scientific method. So it, right. it lies outside of science in the sense that it can't be proven or disproven, but it does exist. And mm-hmm. studies have shown that there are parts of the brain that light up during auditory hallucinations. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we don't know what's causing that. Are they picking up something that nobody else can hear or is it just a random manifestation manifestation mm-hmm. of the brain? But either way, something is happening. They're experiencing something. And that's our perception of reality is fluid, right? That's why people seek out drugs. That's why people do uh, mushrooms. And ketamine is really big right now because it alters our reality. And whipped cream flavored. And whipped cream. <laughs> As you crab your shot glass. <laughs> I'm trying to Mine's contribute to the conversation <laughs> where, where I can. Oops. I love you, Hayden. Um, I'm, I'm Googling catchphrases. But... But you mentioned, you know, that there's not a lot of investment. There has been historically, and you know, throughout the, I don't know about other countries' histories, but the U.S. has devoted, or at least the military has devoted uh, time and money to researching mm-hmm. some, like, telekinetic backgrounds, like the Stargate Project in the 50s, yep. and what was, or uh, what was the mind control one? So it was a bunch of letters. It was the one from... yeah. Hold on. It's on the tip That's of a mind. great question. MK Ultra. <laughs> MK Ultra. Yeah, I... 
I, I don't want to. My Google. I'm honestly scared to talk about it because <laughs> you know. But I think to answer your question, like you know, where does our aversion come from? I mean, it's our like puritanical origins. It's like this false. It it's convenient. This country it's convenient when we want to rely on like our Christian values when it's like it serves us politically, but uh, it it ruins the opportunity for scientific exploration, right? Like it's going to limit sure. our ability to research. We can't do stem cell research. We can't do this because we're religious now, but all of a sudden we, we want to not do that because all life is precious. But then like the other side of that is like, Oh no, we're cool. With the death penalty though. Like that's, that's okay. But it, it's going to limit our ability to step outside of that because religion's going to look down on that. Like, Oh, we don't believe in witchcraft and magic and all of that stuff. And if you, if you devote time and money to it, then you're going to piss off like that whole section of the country. Mm-hmm. So I th- I definitely think that there is merit to the field, but it's not. I don't think it'll ever. I think there's a lot of get things, mainstream. There's wor- there's things working against it. I feel like there's yeah. things like uh, just like you said, religious organizations and um, you know these very very like evidence based um, organizations, scientists, doctors that want to shoot it down immediately as as. A so-called pseudoscience. Mm-hmm. And it's such a broad field, too. I was surprised at least one of the lists that I found on a website included mind-body interventions, acupuncture, and hypnosis, which I practice hypnosis, and that's mm-hmm. empirically supported, but it was on the mm-hmm. list of what's considered parapsychology. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm glad that you brought up what is parapsychology and what is not. So let's talk about what is parapsychology. So um, in my <laughs> frantic research of uh, throwing this outline together uh, Wednesday night, um, no, it um, found that parapsychology is defined as the study of psychic phenomena, e.g., uh, extrasensory perception, telepathy, telekinesis, the list goes on. Um, so that's what it is. What it is not is I put ghost and shit. <laughs> ghost, ghost and, and shit. shit. Give it um, up for ghost and shit. <laughs> Um, it's not a make-believe science. Um, and I also put Ghostbusters because, I mean, let's, oh, that's a whole nother topic of how it's Can kind I of Can I share something with you? Yes. I've never seen Ghostbusters really? okay. and I've been on way more like paranormal investigations than I'd I don't think you need admit. to. Yeah. But I was like, no, I've only seen one clip of it. And okay. I was like, this is so effing ridiculous that I'm not going to watch the rest of it. Yeah. Scary. <laughs> I love it. Gag me with a spoon, am I right? <laughs> that was on a uh, list what does of that even mean? 15 totally tubular 80s slang terms. <laughs> Which I'm okay I've with. I've got the awesomely outdated <laughs> phrases of the 90s. All right, so to bring us back on the path. So when I was doing the research for this of like different avenues, I completely forgot in uh, my grief class when we focus heavily on Kubler-Ross who gave us the stages of grief, right? So Kubler-Ross is somebody that's, that's referred to a lot. I didn't realize that towards the end of her life, she did a lot of research on the afterlife and what happens in near death experience. And a lot of it kind of like hurt and tarnished her legacy because people were like, Ooh, she's getting out there. Like that's mm. that we can't trust her research anymore, but there's a lot on that topic that she contributed to the field of research. But Taylor, I understand mm-hmm. that you like the topic of experience because you threatened to kill Ian. <laughs> Look, we're past that. You don't have to keep bringing that up every time. Well, you're past it. I'm just kidding. 
just kidding. Um, uh, that did not happen. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, yeah, Taylor did not threaten to kill me, but we have talked about death a lot, actually. Homicidal so. ideation. I know <laughs> hospital. Need one. No intent. Um, Near-death experiences, though. So I've met a couple of people in the paranormal field who have had um, – the one who's coming to mind, I mean, he was in a coma for a month. And so he had a lot of um, trauma and stuff in his life. And that's another topic I probably needed to bring up. But um, so he had a lot of trauma and he basically was in a coma for a month, lost all consciousness, and then came back to consciousness after a while. And the doctors were, he was just one of those cases where they were like, you shouldn't be alive, but you are. And so good luck. And he just goes away. And, um, so after that, I mean, he just had such a very, like a hard time spiritually. Like he was just, um, it was, he was in one of those positions where, you know, it's not like some people have different belief systems, right? And like the paranormal stuff kind of trickles into their belief systems, but then it's a different case when it's, it's causing this person distress, and like causing them, it's like adding a lot of negative things to their life. Like I can't sleep at night. I don't know. Is are you real? Are you not? Can you see the same person? And so he was having a lot of um, that stuff happen. And so he had to basically just do his own research and figure out what was happening to him. And so through that spiritual path of his, he went from having a lot of trouble managing that paranormal aspect or spiritual or mental health. I don't know. Um, but through his own spiritual journey that he was able to kind of get grounded and understanding what that was to him and what that meant to him. And so he's thriving now. Um, but a lot of people, I mean, they've made a couple of movies. Um, actually there's one and I'm not remembering, but it was like a a family that was like very heavily involved in the church and they just started having, um, like one of the daughters was really sick and basically had a near-death experience, saw heaven, and then came back type of thing. Um, there is a whole piece of, like, the psychology field that um, where psychologists and psychiatrists have looked into that, like, just people um, reporting similar things. And But that type of research that's driven by an experience like that is, is tough because you're already coming into it with a bias. You're already coming in with the expectation yes. for an explanation or... It's that expression when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So if you're specifically looking for paranormal or inexplicable events, then of course you're going to find them. Right. Um, But it also gives somebody the drive to do the work. So that's also a benefit because otherwise um, religion is going to take over. And the the Catholic Church has a very fascinating approach to even just like their notion of miracles. Like they have a team that specifically exists to disprove miracles um, so they go out and they try to find like scientific evidence to explain why the statue of the Virgin Mary was crying blood or why this phenomenon happened, which I think is fascinating. And if there is no scientific reason for this to occur, then it'll get acknowledged by the Catholic Church as a miracle. Huh. Yeah, I remember, that makes sense. I remember, I mean, Hollywood reference, but it, um, I remember Stigmata with Rosanna Arquette, I think, then the movie opened with a... Um, that person going to a church and everyone, you know, all the locals were like, oh my gosh, the Virgin Mary is crying, there's blood. 
And then he's like, no, this, this isn't, this is coming from, you know, a leak in the roof basically. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that the, those people actually, you know, who the, the first recorded stigmata was St. Francis of Assisi. Okay. It's not one of the things that I just, known for. I think of stigmata by ministry, the, animal the band guy, <laughs> the patron saint of animals. Are you sure it wasn't like a cat scratch or the cat they, scratch fever? Did they just caused by bacteria? <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> um, but I yeah, w- I want to. I want to know more about Saint Francis stigmata. But uh, Saint Francis lived a very fascinating life. Um, goes far beyond just like kicking it with animals. Okay, cool. Mm. Saint Francis has a similar origin story to the to the Buddha, where come from a wealthy family and was like, "Hey, you're going to take over the business," and he was like. No, give it all back and just like strip down naked and walk into the woods. <laughs> That's how they started their mission. Cool. Which was my favorite story. Random side note, but you were saying like, I don't know what, I don't know what story you were talking about, but like <laughs> where it was like, why is she crying blood? And you're like, because mm-hmm. there's a big ass leak of water on the ceiling. <laughs> That's why. Mm-hmm. So like through my journey with like being in the mental health um, like just learning about that, but then also going on paranormal investigations, we went on a lot of house investigations. Mm-hmm. And so it would be like this, this case where the whole family was like freaking out and they were like, there's just something going on and da da da. So we would always go in, like we have a crap ton of equipment. Mm-hmm. So we're going in, we're actually checking their electrical wires and we're like, just seeing if that's all good. Because like, for example, a lot of people had told us like, we just feel like somebody's watching us. Like, I feel like somebody's watching me. And sometimes not all the time, but sometimes we would go into the room that they were talking about. Cause it would usually be one specific part of the house. And if the EMF, the electromagnetic field mm-hmm. in that room was high, mm-hmm. that's a sign that their electrical wiring in the wall is not working properly. So it's just emitting a bunch of stuff that you can't see. And that affects the brain after yeah. a while. And it's going to make someone feel like, I don't know, just I get a weird feeling and I just feel like someone's watching me. Yeah, because you need to get your electrical wiring checked in the wall. (laughs) But um, And more so, don't live near a cell phone tower where there's a bunch of radiation, (laughs) which so many people do. Um, But like in contrast to that, we have another. So I'm on a paranormal team out of San Marcos and we just occasionally go on... um, just wherever we want. Take me with you next time. I invited you, but then it got canceled because yeah, it, it was right before the snowstorm. Yeah. But um, so we have a sister team in Louisiana and the head of that team is a pastor. And so that's been the interesting. most interesting experience to see because he will attract different types of experiences that the rest of us don't. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. But um, so basically... They ended up, this was like 2018, I think. They called me and they were like, hey, so we just got this new case that came in and she was basically really cool. She said she thought, you know, there's something going on in her house. And then she also said, okay. And then she also said, you know, I I just wanted to be like honest with you. I have been diagnosed with schizophrenia by a psychiatrist and I'm on meds. Like it's all good, but I there is still something going on in my house. And Mm. so they were like, they called me Taylor. What do we do? What do we do? And I was like, okay, if she's like being so open and honest about it, she's, she's, she's good. Like she, she's got it under control and you're safe. Like, don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. 
So they go into that house and they just had like for a while there was nothing. And then they finally asked her to leave the house. And so she stepped out and just like went to the store or whatever. And so they just wanted to get like a baseline for what was going on in the house without her there. And so it was a team of the pastor and then two other people. One was the the tech guy and then his wife. And the tech guy was the skeptic mm-hmm. of the team. I'm looking at you, Hayden. He's not <laughs> looking at me back. <laughs> but um, so he he always goes in looking for a rational reason for everything, which is I already said this earlier, but we need more of that, right? Again, that's not me. I would have <laughs> not been in the house. <laughs> I don't know what that's called. I'm the like um, I'm the, the Scooby Scooby Doo of the <laughs> like, Hold me, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, he was skinny, so I'm okay with that. Um, yeah. No, and I, I mean, you're right. We need that kind of energy, I think. We, we need well, the people. Well, because not everything just... is paranormal, let's be honest. Yeah. Sometimes you have a water leak in your ceiling that's causing... You know, well, I, mean, I mean, speaking... And somebody of, needs to point that out. What's the opposite of paranormal, anyway? Normal? Atheist? Boring? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Atheists are not boring. Um, yeah, that's just that's that's um, the energy that engineers. I'm kidding. I'm married to one. No, I'm JK. No, for real. Can I, I have also- a professor that said a normal person is just somebody you don't know very well, which I always appreciated. Oh yeah, give it up for professors. <laughs> well, the, um, get it the structural thing also makes me think of the the stone tape theory, which is there's literally so you know like in the old houses with that are literally built of brick that look like kind of like the, the Gothic Tudors, you know what I'm talking about, which lo- yes. already look fucking haunted in, in themselves. Yes. So those old bricks that they use literally absorb the energy of death, of trauma, and it's literally, it's recorded into the rocks. I don't know if you guys have heard that, but um, there's scientific evidence to back it up that um, ghostly, quote-unquote ghostly energy actually literally stays in the house because the bricks the kind of material that they use to... Is it limestone? I think so, yeah. Limestone's it's, it's limestone. one of the known, like... Yeah. <laughs> if you say a place is haunted, they'll be like, is it limestone? Yeah. be like, yes. yeah, actually, what makes you ask that? Mm-hmm. You're like, well... Mm-hmm. I'm psychic. <laughs> I'm, cl- I'm a clairvoyant. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what I was telling you about the pastor in Louisiana... The ghost stuff? Who? Yeah. Hi, clairvoyant. I'm Patrick. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> There's like tons of limestone in this uh, part city. of the yeah. world. Yeah. Uh-huh. Are there ghosts? <laughs> There's ghosts in Austin. But, I mean, not for long because, you know. The South, this part of the United States is quite boring. Oh, ghosts yes. hate hipsters. That's what I've <laughs> And yet so many hipsters live in haunted buildings, ironically. <laughs> I do like the recognition of energies. I will say that I do buy into the idea of energy because i think that we've all had an experience where we go somewhere that was like a cemetery or some place of like religious or historical significance and it just has a different feel to it and it's mm-hmm. it's something that that really can't be like vocalized but there's like a shift in like okay this feels different mm-hmm. um as my dog whines in the background it's but. a ghost <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying Taylor, about, about the pastor is it not um, the pastor on the Louisiana team, they went to this house and it was this lady who had been diagnosed with schizophrenia. And so I basically just helped him like, okay, she's like 
talking about it very openly. She's she's fine. Just ask her, you know, mm-hmm. step out so you can get a baseline. So they did. And I got a call that night and they were kind of, they were trying to stay calm but weren't doing a good job. So the skeptic got scratched by something and it left very prominent scratches on his neck. And he's the type of guy like Nope. He uh, yeah. no. <laughs> So you wouldn't do that to yourself, right? So like and he's of all people, he's the skeptic on the team. He's the tech guy. Hayden the skeptic is getting up. <laughs> Walking away literally from the conversation. Hey, you gave us a two-hour uh, soapbox about how you enjoy being scratched. I don't. <laughs> he's like not well, like. I that. like it that Hayden's uh, not I, by his microphone. <laughs> Hayden can't make a rebuttal because he's not by the microphone. So let's let's just say a bunch of. <laughs> so actually, I want to say I kind of spooked Hayden because like right before we started Did recording, really? right before you got here, Wait, Taylor. Here? Um, okay. No, it, uh, we had so I practiced. Do not listen to Ian. Don't let him scare you. I'm sorry. Um, we we um, I used to practice clairvoyance, which is another. Topic. He guessed what color my underwear was. No, <laughs> based on his Instagram selfies. <laughs> no, I guess what number you were you were thinking in your head, and I did it once 69. accurately and once once not, and that was enough for him to go like, oh, spooky. So I feel like we've had like ten minutes of content, and it, and then the rest has just been me making jokes to diffuse my anxiety, <laughs> humor to diffuse tension. Am I right? <laughs> I just that's the part of the 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 field that I can't explain. Like he. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I just save room for being okay with not knowing sometimes. And I feel like that's really hard for people to do. Like, we want answers immediately. And there's things that Mm -hmm. it's going to take a long time to understand things all the way. And paranormal investigations take a long time before you get anything. They're so boring. It's not like TV. It's like you sit in a room and nothing happens, literally. Mm-hmm. So. At the very least, going in with like an open mind that there are things that happen without that are outside our understanding or expectation. For sure. Yeah, I've never done a paranormal. But I do have a spirit box that yes, because, which I played with yeah. like two years ago almost. My uh, so my mom retired in a little town called Goliad that has a lot of uh, historical significance during the yeah. Texas Revolution. So there was yeah. a lot of death and and uh, haunted battle shit. that. Happen, yeah. So I've I haven't <laughs> like, yeah, done basically. like a deep dive remember, into it, but I do want to <laughs> take the spirit box out there and yes, poke around a bit more. He also has a New Orleans room too, and it's it's all nothing but New Orleans related. Now New stuff. Orleans is supposed to be very oh, haunted, yes. but there's oh, like voodoo and that kind of history over there. There's a lot of but, lot of magnetic energy there. So what I was discovering, and so I have researched this topic on and off, just the relationship between mental health and then. Paranormal experiences. And Wait, can so, you explain to our listeners what a spirit box is? Um, you can do a more eloquent job. Essentially, it's a radio that we basically, what's it called with your iPhone? Like you um, burp, 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 burp. hijack your iPhone. Uh, jailbreak? Uh, jailbreak. Jailbreak. So you basically have jailbroken a radio to where it skips through radio frequencies very, very quickly. Like I don't think a person could even tap the radio that fast. So. You do that, and you're basically asking questions, and then you're listening for answers. And the theory behind that is that somehow or another, spirits are able to manipulate um, basically electricity and so and electromagnetic frequencies. And so that's a method of communication. Um, so 
Does that answer your question? Yes. Yeah, and that's, okay. that's where you... <laughs> Did that kind of make sense? Yes. Because so, so when you're using a spirit box, in order to hear a spirit, where a, a spirit might come through and use full like, words or sentences that could not possibly be a result of any radio station or frequency because it's rapid cycling too quickly. And you can Correct. go forwards and backwards. Correct. So if you're trying to say that, oh, it, it caught three different stations and like consecutively it's not that like it's it's a distinct voice and it's very it'll if you get an actual voice over those spirit box it's usually something that it you will hear the same voice at the same pitch over different radio stations Mm -hmm. and so obviously if you were just cycling through on your radio that's not how it works. I don't like, like that at all. <laughs> I think you need to go on an investigation. With I would me. love and Ian. We can bust out the spirit box when we wrap up. Let's yes. do it here. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so funny story about Patrick's spirit box. Okay, so um, a year and a half ago, I was really drunk here when uh, you had the party. And um, uh, I went up to New to your New Orleans room with Jamie. And we pulled out. your. You actually gave us the spirit box. And, and you'll you, be doing that in his house. You whipped yeah, it out. I did. We whipped it out, and uh, not Patrick's to be confused group. with the sex toy, the spirit box. So this is a whole different thing. No, this is your actual, like the EVP electronic <laughs> electromagnetic spirit box. And we got in touch with one of the spirits, and it called me. It said it didn't like gay people, so it didn't want to talk to me. Oh my god! So and that literally that happened like right upstairs. So. I don't like that. How nice. Uh, <laughs> Shit. It really, yeah. It I'm was, Googling spirit box. I thought it was story. amusing. Yeah. You're going to see how many. You can basically make your own. They overcharge for products like yeah, that. Yeah, they do. So speaking of spirit boxes, the thing around that that I always like to talk to people about, and it's hard when you're not in the psych field. I'm like, you need to watch out for priming. And they're like, what? Like paint? I'm like, no. So- that, that was a perfect <laughs> Ian. What? <laughs> What's priming? <laughs> You know what I have to say about that? He goes immediately. (laughs) But no, I mean, that goes back to what I was saying is like, if you're looking for it, if the intention is to find a ghost or to hear a sound or your brain is going to hear that. next. Yeah. It's like people that Mm -hmm. look at pictures of Mars and they're like, that looks like a face. It's like, well, you were looking for a face. Like you were looking for something and your brain's going to fill in the gaps of, okay, that's an unknown object, but it looks similar in structure to this. So now I'm going to, my brain's going to fill in the blanks. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's perfect. But, um, what I tell people around spirit boxes is like, if you ask a question and they're going to be like broadly, they ask who's here with us. Like they're going to be listening for a name. And so you're more likely going to hear a name because your brain's looking for it because you've primed yourself to, I mean, your brain's just on the lookout for that. So I always, what I do is if I end up getting something that's somewhat questionable and I'm like, you know, I actually do hear something, but I also know that I just asked this question. I will go to my husband, who's an engineer who. If he can hear it, the rest of the world can hear it. So I'm like, I just play whatever I'm questioning. I'm like, just tell me what you hear here. Like, just let me know. And then I cut my question out. Like, I don't even include that. So he's not primed as well. So it's like an experiment in psychology. It's like you have to put so many control factors in place to actually get quality like results. And so in this field, it's just a lack of control factors. But... That's another subject, but I like that. The one of the I don't know if you can even call them like legitimate paranormal investigators, but I like the BuzzFeed 
paranormal investigator videos with Ryan Bergara and Shane something. Uh, but they have like a nice like balance because one just absolutely believes and wants to find something paranormal while the other one's like, okay, this isn't that scary. It's just an empty room with the light off. Um, and they use a spear box, which is where I learned about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's Ryan will be like, it, it said Betty, it said Betty. And he was like, or it just made a sound that you think sounds like Betty. And like, yeah. it's, a, it's a really good balance to like keep the other one in check because yeah, if you're listening for it, you're going to hear it. I learned about spirit boxes by watching Ghost Adventures. Sorry to my fiance, but Zach Bagans, I love you and you're really handsome. But I know that a not lot a of I a would lot not of, get him as a sponsor because say, your podcast will become haunted. Yeah, because he has. Well, I don't. That's not the show. <laughs> that's not the show I would recommend out of the bunch. Yeah. But so other anyway. Other branches of parapsychology. When I took my energy medicine class, which is more of just like a brief study of the field of energy medicine, we learned about Curlian photography. Have you heard about that? Yes. Like, oh my god. Exploring I'm so auras. Glad that you mentioned that. Um, yeah. I think it was out not Stanford. It was some university that uh, one of the professors claimed to have taken a photo of the aura of a leaf. So what yes. they did was they took a picture of a leaf using this like specific process of photographing a leaf it's not it wasn't just like a a straightforward picture and you can see like the outline of an aura and you can google this google curling photography i am right now and um (laughs) then they removed a part of the leaf like a yes (laughs) and then they they redid the picture that's what you'll get with that and the the aura outline (laughs) the aura outline of the leaf was still there even though it was missing half of it um and that was the the first supposed quote-unquote evidence of the existence of auras so that's really cool and it's it's a beautiful picture to look at and like a cool experiment that was done but the problem with that is that it hasn't been replicated right. no one's been able to do it again Which and is that's the really big, since the 70s that's the big actually. thing is there's no control so groups then it there's was just no, his camera yeah essentially <laughs> just like uh the water experiment by dr omoto in japan that studied the effects of consciousness on water molecules um, if you've ever seen What the Bleep Do We Know Down the Rabbit Hole, which is like a really great uh, uh, what is experimental, not, not theoretical physics documentary. Yeah. And it talks about uh, people were like angry next to this water, then they froze it, and it, it froze in such like a really violent, hard angles. And then it was like people were happy with this water, and it was very like flowy. And I weird. know what you're talking about. And it was very yeah. beautiful. And again, it was it was a really cool study that was published. And yes, you can you can still publish them in a peer reviewed journal, um, but they again weren't able to be replicated. And that's what kind of gets in the way when we're we're trying to legitimize this field as a science. If it can't be replicated, then it can't be trusted. And even right. with Curlian photography, it was extensively conducted at UCLA. And they eventually shut it down in 1979. Really? So, yeah, because they just the a university of that stature probably just didn't want to use um, use money to fund um, something, you know. Woo woo. Woo woo. Exactly. But they've so. they've done similar studies with uh, people that have reported being able to read auras, and they'll have somebody stand behind like a, a, a lead wall. And then it'll just be like an inch above them, like just enough to be still be able to see their auras and try to say, like, are they here? Are they here? Are they here? Mm-hmm. Um, and they haven't been able to prove or empirically like observe these phenomena. But I mean, the research is being done. 
It's just not. That sucks that it can't be replicated, though, because I feel like we need to be able to replicate something all across the world to be able to make it prove um, its existence. Yeah, valid and some other. Yeah, reliable and valid. (laughs) (laughs) But go back to what you were saying, Ian, uh, before we dive into like the actual uh, research and literature, because there are peer-reviewed journals covering this topic specifically, but you were mentioning the real estate laws here in the great state of Texas. Yes, actually, Texas real estate, actually, according to the Texas Bar Journal, um, if it's an actual two rules actually pertain to this, if a death on the property is believed to have been caused by a supernatural entity, the seller should disclose it to any potential buyers. And accordingly, if a savvy buyer specifically asked about deaths this is i don't think this is an actual law but it's i mean um it's highly suggested if a savvy buyer specifically asks about deaths or supernatural encounters on the property the agent must disclose any known information how do they assess for savviness i don't know the same way they would assess for oh he's gonna do it again (laughs) y'all give it up for assessment <laughs> That's a perfect example of priming. I raised up my phone and Ian had a reaction. I did. Well, I'm a bit of a clairvoyant myself. Um, my my eyes can see things. They can see a phone being raised up to the microphone. Anyway, um yeah. So, yeah, that's just that's another thing of, you know, why the paranormal is real. And there should be studies. Uh, I would at least ask programs. if you're looking to buy a house, be like, hey, has anybody like died in here? Because yeah. <laughs> what point it like or what jumped out to me is that it said they should right. tell people. So they that should. should or have to. So, tell. so have to. So it's um, you have to disclose if there is a death on the property, because that's just that's basically like telling someone that it has, you know, an uneven foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same thing you have to disclose. And you also have to say if there's any supernatural or um, paranormal. What's like, the um, penalty? You lose your I don't, realtor license. You could, if you or sell somebody your because I used to be a realtor. If you sell somebody a house that. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> Fuck me. Right. Um <laughs> But if you if you sell someone a house and you don't tell them about that, they buy the house and it's super haunted, you could lose your license. So interesting. I'd be yeah. in there like, God damn it, Ian. <laughs> but I'm wondering if Sorry, that's more like if walls are either. oozing and shit. If that's more religious shit. motivated because there are religious beliefs tied with like spirits and yes. death and afterlife. Yeah. Um and it is Texas, so Super old Catholic churches or like old Catholic missions used to have a death door. I don't know if there's any other denominations of Christianity that have it, but it was like a specific door that you would only carry the body out through after a uh, funeral, and then they would zigzag all the way to the cemetery for the burial just to confuse spirits to prevent them from coming back either to the church or to their home. Oh, um, and it had like a little skull and crossbones, looked like a little pirate logo, but that was like specific death doors that used to exist. So oh. there's beliefs tied to spirits in a more like religious motivated uh, way. So since we are a hyper conservative Christian state, I'm wondering that's probably along those lines. I was going to say, I mean, there's so much separation of church and state in Texas. <laughs> Not. <laughs> I feel so sad for the spirits that. No, they're just like lost. It's like wandering around. Where do they go? It's like when you like want to get rid of a dog, and you like (laughs) you air butt it. Pork in comparison, but they go get the stick, boy, and then you jump in the car and drive off. (laughs) What? (laughs) 
You guys have never abandoned a dog. What's wrong with you? <laughs> this took a hard oh, left turn. <laughs> we could maybe unresolved trauma. Am I right? <laughs> anyway, so on to the research portion. We're not normally this kooky. I promise you. So Ian found the Journal of Parapsychology, Journal of Near-Death Studies, and the Journal of Consciousness Studies. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, these are peer-reviewed journals, um, but the peer review just designates that they were reviewed to make sure that the logic was sound and that the parameters of the study followed ethical guidelines. It doesn't necessarily mean that, like, this is 100% true. It's the approach that they took to study this information is sound. Right. Um, but it's still interesting that these exist and they're still alive and well today. Mm-hmm. Right. They're, they're empirical studies that people do. But to kind of spiral on top of that, Patrick, the Parapsychological Association, it's a long word, Jesus. Um, <laughs> the Parapsychological Association was actually founded. It's the only uh, association, I believe, in the United States, but it involves uh, people around the world um, that... Uh, it's the only organization in the United States um, that labels itself as uh, parapsychological. Um, but it was created in North Carolina in 1957. Uh, renowned anthropologist Margaret Mead actually merged it. She was the one that merged it in 1969 with the um, American Association for Advancement of Science, which is the largest um, largest scientific group, um, I think, in the country, right? Um at least in at least in the United States, but it's still alive, which makes me happy. Still alive and operating today, but it only consists of uh, about three hundred members, and uh, those members are not just in the United States; they're worldwide. So um, it's there, it's alive, it's breathing. It's just you know, again, not much, not much, re- not much research that's actually devoted to this field. Um, but I think there needs to be more. Good old ass. American Association oh, yeah. for the Advancement of Science. <laughs> ass. I did pull this quote from, um, I was kind of going down these rabbit holes of random articles that Isn't were in horrible? that journal. You get lost when <laughs> yeah. you start. It's horrible. Anyway. Yeah. But there was one by David Luke, uh, and this is from um, an article that he published. It says, perhaps to parapsychology, like transpersonal psychology, can have the additional aim of being hermeneutic and reach for an emphasis on understanding and interpretation, thereby living up to the psychological dimension of its name, love it or loathe it, and not just striving for physical or physiological levels of explanation. So this is calling for, uh, I think the article was titled, Experiential Reclamation and First-Person Parapsychology. So this is calling for uh, a shift in the focus of research in parapsychology that we can't really ever hope to explain the physiological or the physical manifestations that we see or things that are recorded but instead the focus should be on the hermeneutic the experience of like what the experience of somebody witnessing a ghost was what was the experience of somebody witnessing or experiencing energy or hearing sounds Mm -hmm. Um, i think that's fascinating because then it adds more legitimacy to the field and it gives you something tangible to work with rather than we're going to go ghost hunting we're going to come back either with some cool videos or nothing versus here is somebody that has been yes. haunted for the past 10 years. Let's study what their their hermeneutics, the, what their experience of, what their being in a state of being haunted is like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. You just, you yeah, summed it up different. perfectly. Yeah. I said some smart words, guys. You did. 
doctor here is. <laughs> <laughs> Give it up for hermeneutics. Right. Well, I think um, one of the last things that I wanted to talk about today um, is really kind of how do you incorporate parapsychology and the paranormal into therapy? Um, which I mean, that goes with kind of what you kind of brought up just about the um, about the journal, about kind of what you were just talking about, Patrick. But um, anybody have any thoughts on just how to incorporate? I mean, what about you, Taylor? There's a need to there's a need to be open to exploring that more in the therapy office. Um, Tell us, Taylor, how, I mean, I think one of the first times that we ever talked, I mean, this is what, this is what you, you, you told me about kind of uh, merging therapy with the And you like blew up my phone after I talked about that the first time you were like, oh my God, I already like you. (laughs) I'm sorry. I was just, I nerded out. I was like, I like you too. (laughs) He did the same thing to me too. When I, do we need to talk about this? I offered him some Cheetos in a staff meeting and he was just like, Hey, I love Cheetos too. Where do you live? None of this happened. (laughs) Oh my God. That was so funny. I, you know, and in this field, you know, it's hard to talk about this openly being like, you know, maybe there's something to it. Maybe there's not, but just you being took a risk that day. Yeah, I did. did. I, I mean, in grad school, I had a, a professor who basically just said like anything spiritual, like psychic phenomenon and mediumship and all of that, that's mental illness. Yep. And he just like, like put that label on it. And so I like really had a fear around just talking about it. But then as I, I mean, I'm not even like a whole year in yet, but like Mm -hmm. I have only spoken to one other therapist in Austin who is like kind of markets herself like that. Like you can talk about this here and I'm not going to recommend you go to the hospital. And so I think that's one of those topics. If we kind of like crack open that door a little bit, you're going to see more people start talking about it and it's going to become more of a normal conversation rather than, and I think this is going to take like a very long time just as all things do but it's it's something that needs to be given a little bit more room to explore and like not be like you're nuts like you're literally but also not pathologizing that so if they're not a danger to themselves or to others it's not a significant disruption in their uh, relationships ability to carry out daily activities or work then who are we to say that this is something that you should be treating mm-hmm. that you should get on some meds right now. It's like, it's usually like, people get uncomfortable talking about it. They're yeah. like, that's a little bit scary to me. And I don't, I don't know how to, <laughs> I'm looking at you, Hayden. <laughs> Hayden. But I, I have several clients who, you know, have this sort of thing going on and I do very well at holding space for them. I think, um, and I, I make a lot of room that I, uh, again, I come back. I'm not necessarily a skeptic. I, um, I fully acknowledge there's a lot of stuff that I don't know and can't explain and don't understand, and that scares the shit out of me. For sure. I mean... <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. No, but also, yeah. like, culture and context is important so as well, important. because there's so many other countries where talking to ancestors is normal, that, acknowledging yes. spirits is normal, cleansing energy is normal, but here in the United States, like, oh. You do that, that's weird. But no, you can go to a church and talk to God, like that's normal. But uh, talking to spirits, like that's where we draw the line. <laughs> that's only because it's, it's in the eyes of this. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a very empowering. Uh, y'all need to let me know when I need to shut up. But like, no, um, no. it's a very empowering experience. Like even if if it if it is a mental health something or if it's like a paranormal something, just doing something about it. Like, okay, if you think it's spiritual, here's a couple things you can do to cleanse your house. Like, here's 
um, this crystal is supposed to work really well. You know, it's like you, you help them put things in place that makes them feel strong. And like, I'm doing something about this and that is going to heal the mind in its own way. So there's a fantastic book. It's called how healing works, get well and stay well using your hidden power to heal by Wayne Jonas. And it talks about just the body's natural inclination to heal. And part of that is explaining uh, the placebo effect or just explaining how the ritual itself brings us comfort and not necessarily the act is what's restorative. Um, so, so smudging your house would be one of those. Okay. Yeah. So the ritual is what's bringing you comfort and easing your anxiety and improving your health rather than anything magical happening from the smudging itself. I'm a bit skeptical of that because <laughs> I practice magic. But it, it talks about how what brings us comfort and what promotes health and um, finding something that works for you. Like I have yeah. a teen that got really into energy work and just a sense of control of their environment is what eased their anxiety. I don't think that necessarily anything metaphysical happened. I just think that they were able to reclaim their sense of power or self in their room that they believed was haunted and uncomfortable by... Uh, incorporating these new rituals into their life. I've seen that in a couple of my clients too. Yeah. It's, it's Mm -hmm. cool. It's really cool. So I'll just, I'll be super vulnerable here. Um, And sorry if my clients are listening and they get scared or spooked by this, or if this is too woo woo for you. But I just, I recently, a few months ago, actually October, ironically enough, um, I rediscovered, um, I, I rediscovered my, um, fascination of the occult and um, specifically witchcraft. And so I started doing spells, um, no hexes. It's all like white magic, but um, I've like created like a money bowl in my room where I like put cinnamon and gold coins and stuff and I light a candle on it and, you know, business is booming. Um, But the ritualistic piece, I think, I mean, there's definitely a psychological aspect to it of course like if I don't have my meditating in the morning and then taking a salt bath at night if I don't have both of those things like before and after my day starts like I will be completely off and I think part of that is uh, the spiritual piece to it of as far as cleansing my body goes but then the other piece is definitely like the psychological like I feel off I'm I skipped my ritual um yeah, so that I think there's there's two sides to that coin. I think I've just I, I've tapped into kind of the spiritual. I've gotten more spiritual over the last like several months, and my my whole demeanor has changed. It's been amazing. It's it's been rewarding in so many different ways. So, hence why I wanted to talk about parapsychology today. So very cool. Thank Thanks you. for sharing. Of course. Well, uh, Patrick mentioned rabbit holes earlier and i thought that sounded interesting so i i googled rabbit holes and i've been looking at rabbit holes no that for is like bestiality sir 30 minutes <laughs> oh that kind of rabbit hole okay i looked over and i was expecting i don't know what the fuck they're I was little bunnies in holes they're like holes like that they dig in the ground that kind of hole. i wanted to see if you were because we're always talking about going down the rabbit hole and i wanted to see if Rabbit holes are as as deep as Lewis Carroll led us to believe. They're, they're extensive networks with lots of turns and, and different runs and emergency exits. And oh anyway, I went down a rabbit hole. Rabbit hole. 
And this has nothing to do with the topic at hand, but um, I wanted to talk for a little bit. So. You know, that, that reminds Are me of... Are you titrating a... your discomfort right now? <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> I was going to say, like, 100%. this is full-on titration next to me. That reminds me of a, a show on Disney called uh, Secrets of Sulphur Springs that just came out. Has anybody watched it? No. Taylor, you need to watch it. It's really good. It takes place in Louisiana. Apparently, I need to watch Soul as well. Yes. Oh, my God. It was very And apparently, I need to watch Ghostbusters, but yeah. TBD yeah, on that. You do. I just, I just don't have the vacuums, so, you know, yeah. you can't compare. Right? It's, it's vacuums, right? That's what I'm doing. No, they're plasma guns. No, they're not. They sucked a ghost into whatever it yeah. was. With their plasma ring. That is a vacuum. But you're not allowed to cross the beams. You can cross the beams in vacuums. Then it just makes it a stronger vacuum. So a strong vacuum. Yeah, I don't have happens, that strong of a vacuum. What happens if you cross the beams? Uh, That's for another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's proprietary What if you cross two rabbit holes? Can you cross swords? <laughs> I... Uh, we won't go there. I was going to say I do that with my fiance every day, but um, <laughs> we, we cross the words of sorts. Um, all right. <laughs> this was... That's, that's not a gay thing. They, they're they really into LARPing, the live action role play. No, we're not. <laughs> I actually asked him because he's into science fiction and stuff. And I asked, are you a LARPer? <laughs> like, well, I think one of our first dates, I was like, are you a LARPer? And he's like, fuck no. And I was like, okay, good. Okay. Because that probably... <laughs> would have been a deal breaker. I'm sorry to anybody out there. It's just, it's not my thing. And frankly, it words me out. Um, <laughs> final takeaways of this episode, y'all. What what were some final takeaways? What sat with you guys the most? What, um, yeah, what sat with you guys this, the, this episode the most? I particularly, I'll just, honestly, I want to just dive right in. I am so, so, so glad. Much to your chagrin. <laughs> Hayden, um, in here, I know you, you've done such a good job, but I am so, so happy. I talked about this. Um, this stimulated me so much in so many ways. It's exciting. I'd, I had tears in my eyes and some, some parts cause I was literally so happy that we're all sh- coming together, sharing this energy, fucking awesome podcast for us to record the first, first time after an, literally a natural disaster. And thank you, seriously, like your energy is awesome. And I love you. And I'm so glad that you, you joined us, Taylor. Well, thanks so, for inviting me, guys. Of course. So that's, yeah, that's, that's what's, I'm just really fucking happy right now. It's my takeaway. I learned that uh, parapsychology is more than ghosts and shit. <laughs> and I feel like I walked away with uh, a deeper appreciation for um, that world. And I would love to go on a para normal investigation. investigation i know i mean dude you lived in new orleans you know like you you went to loyola you lived there for years like you've had to come across at least like something even if you weren't even conscious of it yeah i even bought i bought yeah, a, I, I, bu- I bought a book on all the the haunted stuff and i i thought you know that was intellectually very interesting and i want nothing to do with it <laughs> <laughs> Okay, not um, your thing. Totally get it. Fair. But you, I, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm open. Yeah, we appreciate it. It's again, it's a fear thing. It's not a skeptic or. Uh, uh, this goes back to. I'll be vulnerable here at the end. It goes back to when, when my uh, in high school, when my friends started dragging me to R-rated movies. I really would like the 
the scary kind. I always liked the funny kind. I'm kind the of cabin the, in the woods. I'm the, I'm the funny one of the the group. I think all our listeners have picked up on that. But, <laughs> um, the yeah, the like I could always I could deal with uh, the chainsaw massacre type stuff. It was the like the paranormal activity and the uh, exorcism of Emily Rose. Like that stuff freaked me out. I was I was like I could I could I don't know that I could fight off a chainsaw dude, but I could. I could try, like I would have a, a fighting chance. Texas Chainsaw was filmed in Austin. I feel like I could take down a guy with a chainsaw. It's a very, very like short uh, I range so of too. And, and kick him in the junk. And, yeah, well, I, yeah, I but the chainsaw like would a, fall on you and saw off your. They got arm. like a quick, yeah, you know, like uh, kick to the knee and you know, <laughs> or uh, yeah, a, a good old fashioned what's over there, and then <laughs> <laughs> look at that. Um, but the, the uh, paranormal activity really freaked me out where they like filmed the, the thing and all, all that. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Growing up Catholic, I mean, we had beliefs in possession and demons and such. And like, that's, that's scary. And, and the belief that if you invite something in, it can take you over. So, uh, it was interesting exploring this through a more like academic and psychological frame and lens i do think that it's a field worth exploring more the very least like it's interesting i think that we have just this innate urge to want to uncover the unexplained that's why so many like murder podcasts have taken off like we just like intrigue we like mystery we're drawn to stuff that maybe we'll never find out the answer but the the ride is still pretty fun there's still like a distance between like I want to listen to it and I want to learn about it and I don't want that to happen to me. So there's like a safety <laughs> thing. Like, yes. I'll be I'm safely curious. But also like we're still very much in our infancy as a species compared to like the age of the yeah. earth and how mm-hmm. other species and dinosaurs lived for like millions of years before we got here. So our, our understanding of how the world works is still fairly limited, I would say. And I can imagine like how many things seemed paranormal a hundred or thousands of years ago that have now been explained and observable by science. Um, and how future humanity will look back and be like, oh, those idiots thought it was ghosts when it really was this thing. Or, idiots. oh, it really was ghosts. Uh, I think that would be interesting. I also think this pod- this episode would have been really dope to have somebody from a different country to hear like what their culture is around ghosts and spirits and the paranormal. And what is more culturally acceptable as just mainstream like, oh, yeah, this happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. Versus like, oh, no, that's taboo. We don't talk about that. Mm-hmm. But they could have taken is- my spot. Uh, that made me think when you mentioned demonic possession i was looking there's this meme and it's just it's so it's so me but it's a um it's it's linda blair i think in the exorcist part two which just didn't do well um (laughs) big horror nerd here but it's it's her going i was possessed by a demon but it's okay he's gone now and it said me on a first date (laughs) it's like that's so me anyway first dates (laughs) (laughs) says a lot about my partner for being the one that proposed to me but anyway okay um (laughs) taylor vulnerability Mm. moment so did you have fun uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't laughed. Sorry, Taylor. <laughs> guys, um, I have not laughed. My face hurts, guys, from like Mine does laughing, too. and it's Botox. horrible. Yeah. 
My final takeaway was honestly just there's a lot to talk about around this. Um, I think we didn't cover all of it. No, we didn't. Mm-hmm. I f- and you know, sitting here, I think I really realized that like there there's more conversations to explore um, and like other people to talk to too. I think just getting different cultural. Um, like just seeing what other cultures think about it. I mean, what's normal here in this country, in this side of the world, mm-hmm. you'll go somewhere else and it's just like, you're like, whoa, like that's not, you know, it's just different. And so, um, yeah. Here's what we'll do. We'll blow off these two and we'll start our own podcast. And Okay, bye. <laughs> no, he would get so I know. <laughs> You're like, what do you mean? We'll start our own podcast called Ghosts and Shit. (laughs) I would literally start a podcast. And like our gimmick is like we stream from public restrooms, right? (laughs) That is an idea. This restroom is haunted. Like a a whole separate podcast just based on the paranormal. Well, I think it's important because like for people to know, because really what, what research is finding across years and years is that someone who's experiencing a mental health like a negative life event is what they're all called in research papers. Mm-hmm. So a negative, very stressful life event. And thinking of the hospital, you guys know, we saw a lot of people who like five major things in their life were going wrong. And it's like, no shit, you're here. Yeah, at least. No shit, you're here. Yeah. Like everybody in your world just died. Okay. Yeah. Welcome. Here's a bed. <laughs> Here's some food. We'll feed you for a little while. And those are the times where um, like severe negative life, events will um a lot of people have mental health or um i'm sorry paranormal experiences after that and then um just and i'm giving y'all like the the brief of it but trauma emotional abuse there's like a couple of hot like um major topics that are associated in paranormal like paranormal experiences not paranormal beliefs but actually having some kind of sensory experience they find commonalities I'm just, I mean. Which man. is what I meant by like, I, I don't want it. This should not be a four hour. No. <laughs> uh, we will cover this in depth in our duo podcast without Ian. Uh, oh go my God. Shit. Be there. Be there. Exclude a bitch. But I think, I mean, to your point though, like when, when shitty, awful, traumatic things happen to people, their awareness increases. And so the that's brain's why, just trying to cope. Exactly. Honestly. Right. So their vibrations are higher. They get tapped into things that they wouldn't have normally been tapped into had they not lost all their family or lost their house or gone through all this traumatic stuff. Because trauma really does shake you up in a lot of ways. Which so. like a, a MD or a psychiatrist or a psychologist might say like, oh, this is dissociation. This is just trauma on the brain. This is their them creating their own reality and this is how we get the idea of like dissociative identity disorder and such like and maybe sometimes but yeah but like who's to say that that's i mean reality is reality that is their perception of their new reality and i think that's what's fascinating our dreams happen we have fi- physiological changes and reactions to dreams that we have is that dream not a reality mm-hmm. like you perceived it and you experienced it so how is it not this is going to turn into like a joe rogan like podcast moment but it's like Who's to say that like this is our set reality? There's so much uh, research right now being done of asking the question like, do we live in a hologram? Are we a part of like a greater system of neurons? Like, does the universe exist like a brain functions? Because there's just so much like parallels between how the two operate. I don't like any of that. <laughs> <laughs> then you just go down this like existential hole, and you just yeah. you're like, yep. why am I alive? 
And then it's like the near-death experience. It's like, do people, you know, really experience a near-death experience because it actually is one? And then they see God or they see Jesus or whoever. Or is that because their brain was programmed to think that way? So Or or primed, or as primed. we learned earlier. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. so the last bit of, like, unfinished business is, Patrick, what is your catchphrase? The catchphrase that I landed on? Yes. What did you decide? Because they, they all worked flawlessly. I think everyone right. listening would agree that. Drum roll, please. Hopefully Mariah can get it. <laughs> the new catchphrase is... Give it up for ghosts and shit! <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Latrice Real. Oh my god, this was such an amazing podcast. Thank you all who thank you, Taylor, for joining us. Thank you, Patrick, for con- oh fuck you. Anyway, sorry. Hey girl. Um you this know it's amazing when you have to tell the listeners how amazing it was. Okay, so let me I I just per- want to say you're welcome, everyone. <laughs> I particularly enjoyed recording this podcast. I hope all of the I, I honestly I've freaking nerded out the whole time, let's just be honest. Um and I hope that all the listeners actually enjoy this. We understand I actually want to acknowledge that this is not everyone's cup of tea. It's really not. I mean, skeptics are out there, skeptics are gonna listen to it, non believers are gonna listen to it. Um this is this happens and to be cats. and Freddy Cats like you, Hayden. Um, but I, I, I enjoyed this. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed this so much, and thank you so much, Taylor, for joining us and for guys. being our first guest since the snowpocalypse of Texas. Thank you for listening. To get in touch with any of us, whether you want to have conversations about therapy or parapsychology, or whether you are in Texas and want to become one of our clients, please sh- please see the show notes where you can find the best ways to reach us. You can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you are enjoying the show. We will be back in two weeks. Thanks for listening. <laughs>